God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints Podcast. My name is Dr. Darren Ong, once again recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we will commemorate St. Mary of Egypt a desert hermit who died in the year 522. Saint Mary of Egypt is recognized as a saint in both the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic churches, but she is particularly important in the East, and especially during the time of Lent. The Orthodox, in fact, mention her in Lenten services three times. She is commemorated on April the 1st, which is her feast day. She is also commemorated on the fifth Sunday of Lent, which is known as the Sunday of St. Mary of Egypt, and her life story is also read out during the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete which is a midweek Lenten service. She is regarded as a model for Lenten penitence, showing Christians how to take our sins seriously and to repent from them. The main source for St. Mary of Egypt's life is an account written by St. Sophronius, Patriarch of Jerusalem. This account speaks of St. Zosima, a monk and priest in Palestine, who visited a monastery by the river Jordan. This monastery had a custom where, during Lent, the monks would cross the river Jordan and each wander in the desert alone with little food, praying and singing to God. The monks would spend most of Lent like this, only returning to the monastery on Palm Sunday. Saint Zosima took part in this custom, and during his wanderings, as he was praying, he encountered a strange woman in the desert. I will be reading excerpts from Saint Sophronius' Life of Saint Mary of Egypt. This text is read in full in the Wednesday or Thursday of the fifth week of Lent in the Orthodox tradition, during the penitential canon of St. Andrew of Crete. He suddenly saw to the right of the hillock, on which he stood, the semblance of a human body. At first he was confused, thinking he beheld a vision of the devil, and even started with fear. But having guarded himself with the sign of the cross, and banished all fear, He turned his gaze in that direction, and in truth saw some form gliding southwards. It was naked, the skin dark, as if burned up by the heat of the sun. The hair on its head was white as fleece, and not long, falling just below its neck. Zosima was so overjoyed at beholding a human form, that he ran after it in pursuit, but the form fled from him. He followed. 
At length, when he was near enough to be heard, he shouted, Why do you run from an old man and a sinner? Slave of the true God, wait for me, whoever you are. In God's name I tell you, for the love of God, for whose sake you are living in the desert. Forgive me, for God's sake, but I cannot turn towards you and show you my face, Abba Zosima. For I am a woman, and naked as you see, with the uncovered shame of my body. But if you would like to fulfill one wish of a sinful woman, throw me your cloak, so that I can cover my body, and can turn to you and ask for your blessing. Here terror seized Zosima, for he heard that she called him by name. But he realized that she could not have done so without knowing anything of him if she had not had the power of spiritual insight. He at once did as he was asked. He took off his old tattered cloak and threw it to her, turning away as he did so. She picked it up and was able to cover at least a part of her body. Then the woman asked the elder, Why have you come, man of God, to me who am so sinful? Why do you wish to see a woman naked and devoid of every virtue? Though I know one thing, the grace of the Holy Spirit has brought you to render me a service in time. Tell me, Father, how are the Christian peoples living? And the kings, how is the church guided? Zosima said, by your prayers, mother, Christ has granted lasting peace to all. But fulfill the unworthy petition of an old man, and pray for the whole world and for me who am a sinner, so that my wanderings in the desert may not be fruitless. She answered, You who are a priest, Abba Zosima, it is you who must pray for me and for all, for this is your calling. But as we must all be obedient, I will gladly do what you ask. And with these words she turned to the east, and raising her eyes to heaven, and stretching out her hands, she began to pray in a whisper. Saint Zosima was intrigued, and begged the old woman to tell her story, why and how she ended up naked in the desert. I am ashamed, Abba, to speak to you of my disgraceful life. Forgive me for God's sake. But as you have already seen my naked body, I shall likewise lay bare before you my work, so that you may know with what shame and obscenity my soul is filled. I was not running away out of vanity as you thought, for what have I to be proud of, I who was the chosen vessel of the devil? But when I start my story, you will run from me, as from a snake, for your ears will not be able to bear the vileness of my actions. But I shall tell you all without hiding anything, only imploring you first of all to pray incessantly for me, so that I may find mercy on the day of judgment. The elder wept, and the woman began her story. My native land, Holy Father, was Egypt. Already during the lifetime of my parents, when I was twelve years old, I renounced their love and went to Alexandria. I am ashamed to recall how there 
I at first ruined my maidenhood, and then unrestrainedly and insatiably gave myself up to sensuality. It is more becoming to speak of this briefly, so that you may just know my passion and my lechery. For about seventeen years, forgive me, I lived like that. I was like a fire of public debauchery, and it was not for the sake of gain. Here I speak the pure truth. Often when they wished to pay me, I refused the money. I acted in this way so as to make as many men as possible to try to obtain me, doing free of charge what gave me pleasure. Do not think that I was rich, and that was the reason why I did not take money. I lived by begging, often by spinning flax, but I had an insatiable desire and an irrepressible passion for lying in filth. This was life to me. Every kind of abuse of nature I regarded as life. That is how I lived. Then one summer I saw a large crowd of Libyans and Egyptians running towards the sea. I asked one of them, Where are these men hurrying to? He replied, They are all going to Jerusalem for the exaltation of the precious and life-giving cross, which takes place in a few days. I said to him, Will they take me with them if I wish to go? No one will hinder you if you have money to pay for the journey and for food. And I said to him, To tell you the truth, I have no money, neither have I food, but I shall go with them and shall go aboard, and they shall feed me whether they want to or not. I have a body, they shall take it instead of pay for the journey. I was suddenly filled with a desire to go, Abba, to have more lovers who could satisfy my passion. The exaltation of the cross is a feast celebrated in the early church that commemorates when St. Helen, the mother of the Roman Emperor St. Constantine, found the true cross Jesus Christ was crucified on. St. Mary of Egypt joined these men on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem to participate in this holy day. She continued her story. I am amazed, Abba, how the sea stood our licentiousness, how the earth did not open its jaws, and how it was that hell did not swallow me alive when I had entangled in my net so many souls. But I think God was seeking my repentance, for he does not desire the death of a sinner, but magnanimously awaits his return to him. At last we arrived in Jerusalem. I spent the days before the festival in the town, living the same kind of life, perhaps even worse. I was not content with the youths I had seduced at sea and who had helped me to get to Jerusalem. Many others, citizens of the town and foreigners, I also seduced. The holy day of the exaltation of the cross dawned while I was still flying about hunting for use. At daybreak, I saw that everyone was hurrying to the church, so I ran with the rest. When the hour of the holy elevation approached, I was trying to make my way in with the crowd, which was struggling to get through the church doors. I had at last squeezed through, with great difficulty, almost to the entrance of the temple, from which the life-giving tree of the cross was being shown to the people. But when I trod on the doorstep, 
which everyone passed. I was stopped by some force, which prevented my entering. Meanwhile, I was brushed aside by the crowd and found myself standing alone in the porch. Thinking that this had happened because of my woman's weakness, I again began to work my way into the crowd, trying to elbow myself forward. But in vain I struggled. Again my feet trod on the doorstep, over which others were entering the church without encountering any obstacle. I alone seemed to remain unaccepted by the church. It was as if there was a detachment of soldiers standing there to oppose my entrance. Once again I was excluded by the same mighty force, and again I stood in the porch, having repeated my attempt three or four times. At last I felt exhausted and had no more strength to push and be pushed, so I went aside and stood in the corner of the porch. And only then, with great difficulty, it began to dawn on me, and I began to understand the reason why I was prevented from being admitted to see the life-giving cross. The word of salvation gently touched the eyes of my heart and revealed to me that it was my unclean life which barred the entrance to me. I began to weep and lament and beat my breast and to sigh from the depths of my heart. And so I stood weeping when I saw above me the icon of the Most Holy Mother of God. Not taking my eyes off her, I said, O Lady, Mother of God, who gave birth in the flesh to God the Word, I know, oh how well I know, that it is no honour or praise to thee, when one so impure and depraved as I look up to thy icon, O ever-virgin, who didst keep thy body and soul in purity. Rightly do I inspire hatred and disgust before thy virginal purity. But I have heard that God who was born of thee became man on purpose to call sinners to repentance. Then help me, for I have no other help, or the entrance of the church to be open to me. Allow me to see the venerable tree on which he who was born of thee suffered in the flesh, on which he shed his holy blood for the redemption of sinners, and for me, unworthy as I am. Be my faithful witness before thy Son, that I will never again defile my body by the impurity of fornication. But as soon as I have seen the tree of the cross, I will renounce the world and its temptations, and will go wherever thou wilt lead me. Thus I spoke, and as if acquiring some hope in firm faith, and feeling some confidence in the mercy of the Mother of God, I left the place where I stood praying, and I went again and mingled with the crowd that was pushing its way into the temple. And no one seemed to thwart me. No one hindered my entering the church. I was possessed with trembling and was almost in delirium. Having gone as far as the doors which I could not reach before, as if the same force which had hindered me cleared the way for me, I now entered without difficulty and found myself within the holy place. And so it was I saw the life-giving cross. I saw too the mysteries of God and how the Lord accepts repentance. Throwing myself on the ground, I worshipped that holy earth 
and kissed it with trembling. Then I came out of the church and went to her who had promised to be my security to the place where I had sealed my vow. And bending my knees before the Virgin Mother of God, I addressed her with these words, O loving lady, thou hast shown me thy great love for all men. Glory to God who receives the repentance of sinners through thee. What more can I recollect or say? I who am so sinful, it is time for me, O lady, to fulfill my vow, according to thy witness. Now lead me by the hand along the path of repentance. And at these words I heard a voice from on high. If you cross the Jordan, you will find glorious rest. Hearing this voice, and having faith that it was for me, I cried to the Mother of God, O Lady, Lady, do not forsake me. With these words I left the porch of the church and set off on my journey. St. Mary of Egypt crossed the Jordan and had spent 47 years in the desert before meeting St. Zosima. She spoke then of her continuing struggles against her sinful nature and of God's providence in aiding her towards repentance. She said to him, Believe me, Abba, 17 years I pass in this desert fighting wild beasts, mad desires and passions. When I was about to partake of food, I used to begin to regret the meat and fish which, of which I had so much in Egypt. I regretted also not having wine, which I loved so much. For I drank a lot of wine when I lived in the world, while here I had not even water. I used to burn and succumb with thirst. The mad desire for profligate songs also entered me and confused me greatly edging me on to sing satanic songs which I had learned once. But when such desires entered me, I struck myself on the breast and reminded myself of the vow which I had made when going into the desert. In my thoughts, I returned to the icon of the Mother of God which had received me, and to her I cried in prayer. I implored her to chase away the thoughts to which my miserable soul was succumbing. And after weeping for long and beating my breast, I used to see light at last, which seemed to shine on me from everywhere. And after the violent storm, lasting calm descended. Zosima asked, Can it be that you did not need food and clothing? She answered, After finishing the loaves I had of which I spoke, for seventeen years I have fed on herbs, and all that can be found in the desert. The clothes I had when I crossed the Jordan became torn and worn out. I suffered greatly from the cold and greatly from the extreme heat. At times the sun burned me up, and at other times I shivered from the frost and frequently falling to the ground. I lay without breath and without motion. I struggled with many afflictions and with terrible temptations. But from that time till now, the power of God in numerous ways had guarded my sinful soul and my humble body. When I only reflect on the evils from which our Lord has delivered me, I have imperishable food for hope of salvation. 
I am fed and clothed by the all-powerful word of God, the Lord of all. For it is not by bread alone that man lives, and those who have stripped off the rags of sin have no refuge, hiding themselves in the clefts of the rocks. Having concluded her tale, St. Mary of Egypt asked St. Zosima to pray for her and to not tell anyone of what he had seen until she passed away. St. Mary then told St. Zosima they would meet again the next year and ask him to prepare Holy Communion for her. He did meet her again under miraculous circumstances and St. Zosima was able to give her communion. St. Mary passed shortly after that, on April the 1st, in the year 522. St. Zosima buried her body, after a lion miraculously showed up to help dig her grave. St. Mary of Egypt is incredibly important in the Lenten practice of the Eastern Orthodox Church. She is a model of proper Christian repentance and she shows how God is capable of rescuing even the most wretched sinner who repents. The Orthodox Metropolitan, Anthony Bloom, gave a wonderful homily in the year 2000 about her, and we will quote from it here. Mary of Egypt was a sinner. She was a harlot. She was unfaithful to God in her soul and in her body. She had no reverence for this body which God had created and this soul, and yet she was tragically confronted with the fact that there was no way for her into the temple of God unless she rejected evil and chose purity, repentance, newness of life. Let us reflect on the disciples who almost begged Christ not to return to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was a city where all prophets had died and they did not want Christ to die, and they were afraid. Let us ask ourselves how much we resemble them. And let us ask ourselves freely today, how do we resemble, or not, Mary of Egypt, Mary who had lived her life according to her own ways and desires, followed all temptations of her body and soul, and one day realized that as she was, she could not enter the temple of God. So easily do we enter the Divine Temple, forgetting so easily that the church into which we come is a small part of a world that has chosen to be alien to God, that has rejected God, lost interest in Him, and that the few believers have created for God a place of refuge. Yea, the church is the fullness of heaven, and at the same time a tragic place of refuge the only place where God has a right to be, because He is wanted. And when we come here, we enter into the divine realm. We should come into it with a sense of awe, not just walk into it as into a space, but walk into it as a space which is already the divine kingdom. If we were in that mood, we would, when we come to the doors of the church, be, however little, like Mary of Egypt, 
we would stop and say, how can I come in? And if we did that with our whole heart, broken-heartedly, with a sense of horror of the fact that we are so distant from God, so alien, so unfaithful to Him, then the doors would open and we would see that we are not simply in a big space surrounded with walls, but we are in a space which is God's heaven come to earth. Let us therefore learn from this experience what it means to go step by step towards the resurrection. Because in order to reach the resurrection, we must go through Calvary. We must go through the tragedy of Holy Week and make it our own, partaking with Christ and his disciples and the crowds around in the horror, the terror of it, and also experience it as scorching fire that will burn us all that is unworthy of God and make us clean. And perhaps one day, when the fire will have burnt everything which is not worthy of God, each of us may become an image of the burning bush, a flame with divine fire and not consumed, because only that which could survive the fire of God would have remained in us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, Jim John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. To end this episode, I will quote briefly from another homily, this time by Saint Tikhon, the Patriarch of Moscow. The life of Saint Mary teaches us that there is no sin that could overcome the mercy of God. There is no abyss of dissoluteness that we could not rise from by the grace of God and by taking the path of faith and repentance. What we need is to be attentive to hear the voice of divine grace that calls us to transformation. We should follow the saving thought of abandoning sin and giving up our sinful life wherever and whenever it embraces us. We will obviously not leave for a desert as Saint Mary did. The example of her life is truly wonderful. But we should fight our sins and passions despite everything. May Saint Mary of Egypt, through her prayers, help us succeed. Thank you.